welcome back to Sustainability Speaks. We are your hosts, Stasia and Saskia. On today's episode, we're excited, excited to welcome Romain from Sagana. Would you like to give a little brief overview of what you do before we get into all the questions? Sure. Thank you so much for having me. Really glad to be here. So in short, we are a impact venture studio, which means that we help entrepreneurs from the very, very early stage, as early as the idea stage, by providing a lot of operational resources, a lot of love, a lot of strategic support, and going forward also funding to help these entrepreneurs that have a purpose to uh, contribute to make this world a better place, to go from zero to one. So that's what we do. We're still early in our journey, but we really have some really interesting things happening, which I'm sure we'll dive into. And uh, very happy to be here. Thank you for having me. And could you perhaps tell us a bit about the background of the name Sadgana and where it originated from? Yeah, sure. So it originates from when I was uh, on a trip to India and really trying to figure out what I wanted to do next. And uh, I came across um, the, the, the language of Sanskrit, which is a holy language of ancient India. And basically what Sadhana means is Sat would be translated as the good, something which is virtuous, and Ghana would be something which is like a company, a tribe, or a troop. So basically Sadhana means a good company, that's really what we're trying to be, to, to be a positive impact company for the world, as well as a house of other good companies. And so that's what we're hoping to be, and that's also what we're hoping to inspire, inspire others to be. Um, so how did you get to this point? What what happened? How did you start the the business? What led you to to this point? Yes. Um, so I come from a business background. I've always been an entrepreneur. I have founded or co-founded a couple of companies in the past, and I've mostly been involved in one kind of uh, support structure which we refer to as venture studios or venture builders, startup studios, sometimes referred to as foundries, company factories, different names for pretty much the same thing, which is helping entrepreneurs to go really from the earliest stage until they're able to scale. So I've been part of a couple of well-established and well-known venture studios globally, mostly on the African continent. Then I co-founded one venture studio in South Africa, which has done uh, some great things and built a couple of companies of which some are on the path to being successful. And so for about 10 years, I would say I was a um, striving entrepreneur to build uh, big successful companies. And but the, I would say that it only took me it took me some time to realize that I really wanted business to have a deeper purpose, and that is when I really started to learn about the big issues that our planet is facing, and so climate change is is one of them amongst amongst a few others that I felt business uh, really had a role to play either in making things worse or in making things better. And obviously, I, I know which side I want to be on. Not always easy to be, but that became a very clear purpose of mine. And so that led me to take all the learnings of what I had done before in the various venture studios I had been involved with 
to do a version that would really be striving for uh, building companies that have a positive impact on our planet, uh, both in terms of climate, biodiversity, pollution, and many other uh, environmental issues that we're facing. So yeah, that's, that, is, that has been the journey. So really trying to uh, put all these learnings of a model which is emerging and which has a proven track record of uh, being a successful way of creating companies, but really putting this at the service of the greater good for our planet and for people. Yeah. So I presume your company is quite new then? Yes, so we've been, I've been thinking about this for about two years. We launched publicly about one year ago. Mm -hmm. I've been joined by a number of wonderful people who are uh, a global team of people who have different, diverse background, diverse, uh, quite high focus on diversity in terms of uh, uh, gender, ethnicity, uh, age, uh, geography, etc. And since we launched about a year ago, we have received some really interesting applications from entrepreneurs all across the world. Uh, we have decided to launch our first company, which I would be happy to tell you more about. So, but we're still very much early in the journey. It's been about one year officially that we're out there uh, in the public eye and doing things and having daily interactions with uh, entrepreneurs. And uh, it's a really exciting journey, but still very much early stage. And we're hopefully here uh, in this world for the various, for the several decades to come, hopefully. Yeah, hopefully. Amazing. Thank you so much for, you know, such detailed responses. And I guess um, something that I just wanted to ask for uh, my own, you know, understanding and the understanding of our listeners. So essentially, Satgana is an accelerator, if I'm not mistaken. As you mentioned, you know, you help businesses scale. So can you describe yourself as, a, as an accelerator? Sure. So we actually don't describe ourselves as an accelerator and rather try to um, make it clear that we're not an accelerator. There are similarities in the sense that we work with various entrepreneurs at the same time, that we typically work with entrepreneurs at a stage which is earlier than uh, traditional VCs traditional investors, but that's about it in terms of comparison with uh, Accelerator. The main differences are first the fact that we are able to come in a lot earlier than Accelerators. By definition, an Accelerator is for entrepreneurs that already have uh, more than an idea. Typically, they already have a team, they already have a product, they already have some traction, sometimes revenue already, and they need to really accelerate to get to a point where they can raise uh, bigger funding, VC, etc. Uh, so that's one difference. We are able to come in a lot earlier, typically from the idea stage, sometimes even when entrepreneurs don't even already have an idea, but they just know that they want to build a company in a specific space and they need strategic and operational support, which we are able to provide. So coming in much earlier than accelerators. Second difference is that um, our support is a lot more bespoke. Uh, an accelerator typically will do a number of interesting things for founders, but it will be pretty standardized for all the entrepreneurs that come into the cohort. So it would typically be 10 or 20 entrepreneurs coming all together and having a couple of mentoring sessions and, uh, and uh, maybe networks within the industry, connections to corporate, etc. But the problem will be pretty standardized for all the entrepreneurs. Whereas for us, it's really coming in as a almost institutional co-founder in the sense that we really build the company alongside the entrepreneur on a daily basis. So we'll be involved in all operational matters such as marketing, finance, technology, sustainability assessment, uh, 
preparation of pitch deck, financial models, everything to really support them um, uh, in a very hands-on manner. Uh, so that's the second difference. And the third difference is that uh, because our um, support is very bespoke, it's not on a predetermined uh, pro program or period. Typically, an accelerator will work with entrepreneurs for a period of, let's say, three months on average. And there's an uh, entry date for which the cohort goes for the same program. And there's a demo day. And then the entrepreneur goes out and uh, do their own thing. Whereas for us, the goal is really to work from the idea until the first round of funding. And that can uh, be anywhere between 12, 18 months, sometimes even more. Um, and in that sense, it's very bespoke because we don't let the entrepreneur then do their own thing. We really work with them until they get to a stage where they can raise their own funding and then fly by their own wings. Great. That is um, so interesting because we have had a previous guest on the podcast called Unrest. And um, that organization is an accelerator. Hence why, you know, I, I think it will be very interesting for our listeners to, you know, then listen to this podcast where you are kind of coming in at a much earlier stage. And I guess with that in mind, I just wanted to get a bit more detail from you as to what the application process is, you know, for entrepreneurs who want to work with your organ organization. Yeah. Yeah. So we do receive quite a bit of uh, deal flow. We call it deal flow, even if, even if sometimes it's not even well-formed companies yet, but it's entrepreneurs that find us through different channels. It can be uh, organic, uh, just on Google search. It can be from social media. We have about 4,000 followers on the various uh, social media platforms. It can be referrals from more established VCs who see deals and uh, find them interesting, but they know it's too early for them. So they refer them to the, these deals to us because we can then work with the entrepreneurs and then bring them back to the, to the VCs. It can be through partnerships. Uh, we're working with a number of organizations. Uh, we're working with um, uh, Amazon Web Services. We have a partnership with Stripe. We have a partnership with a couple of uh, uh, non-profit organizations that support entrepreneurs, a couple of uh, female entre entrepreneurship networks, etc., that refer deals for us. And uh, so, yeah, that's how the entrepreneurs typically find us. And then they go through our website and we have an application form where they have to fill in a, a bunch of uh, questions such as, uh, um, what their company is about, what kind of impact they want to have, what is their business model, what geography they target, what funding they had, if, they, if any so far, how much funding they need, uh, what is their attachment to the purpose of what they're trying to achieve, etc. So that's what they go through and then we assess them based on four main criteria, which is commercial viability, uh, quality of the team, a value of the partnership and the fit with us, and lastly, the kind of impact they can, they, they can have. Uh, the main North Star metric that we have is on um, the greenhouse gases emissions that they can either reduce or remove. So that's the main uh, KKI we look at, but generally we look at a sustainability and can the startup have a net positive contribution to the planet, looking also at adverse effects. But yeah, that's certainly the impact factors that we look at. And then we invite them for a couple of calls, we interact, and then hopefully we move forward with, with them to co-build the company with them. Mm, so it's quite a solid application process then. As you mentioned, you have quite a few different entrepreneurs from like different areas. Can you sort of go into more detail about the sort of projects these are working on or aiming towards? Yeah, sure. So 
two parts to this answer. The first one is the first company that we ha actually decided to launch. So it's a company called uh, Mazi Mobility, which is a mass mobility company in Kenya, whereby we're introducing uh, electric motorbikes and a network of swapping, battery swapping stations in Kenya. It's a company founded by a wonderful man called Jesse Forrester, who is leading the endeavor, and we are supporting him with uh, all kinds of operational and strategic support and currently raising the seed round to get to the point where we can say that we have our proof of concept. Uh, so it's a company in the, in the mobility space because uh, mobility and transport is um, contributes to about 15% of global greenhouse gas emissions. So it's a, a huge chunk of the damage that we're doing to the planet at the moment. So key sector for us to focus. Uh, so that's the first part. And then the second part is the deal flow that we, we have and we receive. So we receive deal flow from uh, two geographies, mostly Europe and Africa. When I say Africa, it's mostly the most developed countries of Africa, so such as Kenya and uh, South Africa, where I lived for many years, and the rest of Europe, so France, Germany, UK, uh, Spain, uh, the Netherlands, uh, etc. And in terms of sector, it goes it goes from mobility to agriculture to carbon removal to um, uh, industry. Uh, so we have quite a broad range because uh, as we know, climate is a wide uh, topic which touches on all industries. So it's a fairly wide uh, panel of industries. And as long as uh, we believe that the founder fits the criteria for us in terms of the four pillars of assessment that I mentioned before, um, and that it fits all the other criteria, and, and we re really believe that it has legs to be successful, then we would be happy to go ahead. So as you said that um, you're, you really like the fact that they're working in um, transport, um, aside from the four pillars and the criteria, do you have like a priority of like area for the entrepreneurs to come from? Like, do you kind of prioritize um, like transport, like fashion, like, I don't know, all the different areas, do you have your like um, first choices or do you literally just look at the different um, applications and decide based on their own merit? Uh, rather the second. So uh, we receive quite a bit of applications, but because we are a venture studio and not an accelerator, which would potentially onboard say 10 startups, we will do one at a time. When we're fully fledged, when we have the funding, because we're currently fundraising as well for the studio, we will be able to build four to five companies per year, but that's both a lot and not a lot. Uh, it's a lot because building all these companies is, is, a, is a Herculean effort, but it's also not a lot in the sense that accelerators or even VCs can fund more uh, companies at the same time. Uh, but because we don't do so many of them, we have to really get it right. So for us, it's more about what kind of impact they can have, what kind of commercial success they can have, what kind of founders we're working with. And if they fit the right criteria, then we would just go for the best ones that we could work with. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. I also just wanted to ask, you know, just a bit further about the pillars. Because um, you have mentioned that um, like one of the main KPIs that you consider is you know the environmental impact of the um, business, um, but also do you look into you know other kind of factors of that make a sustainable business? For example, you know governance and um, societal impact as well. 
Very much so. So uh, we see uh, climate and environmental protection and environmental sustainability as being uh, the, the end goal, but uh, the, 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 the few pillars you just mentioned or the few themes that you mentioned are more the how, and we see it more as, uh, so it's part of the broader ESG um, conversation and for us ESG is more the way we do things, the how we do things and we do have a number of critical criteria that we've implemented to really embed ESG as part of our venture building process. So we have a very strong focus on diversity. Uh, so at all angles of the company, from the board to the executive team, to our advisors, to our investment committee, to our um, basically all the bodies of our company, as, uh, as well as our portfolio. Um, so we really look at having at least 50% of, uh, of females, ideally more. Uh, and it is the case at our studio level. It's not yet the case at our portfolio level because for now we only have one company and it's uh, male founded. And in terms of deal flow, we also receive a lot more of companies from uh, that are founded by male, even males, even though we have a partnership with the female entrepreneurship uh, network. But that will come, and we're very much keen to support more female founders. Um, and uh, so that's that's one aspect of uh, ESG. It's um, can we embed diversity, not also in terms of gender, but in also in terms of everything from ethnicity to age to countries. Also because we are a fully remote and decentralized organization. We're able to support founders wherever they are. They don't have to be necessarily in the hotspot like um, you know, Paris, Berlin, London, uh, etc. And in terms of uh, governance as well, we are, um, we are really trying to implement the best practices in, in terms of governance from the way we do impact measurements to the way we structure our investment decision process our board of directors separating the functions of CEO and chair, etc., etc., and uh, this is materialized by a framework which we um, uh, abide by, which is the B Corp framework. So we intend to become a, a, for, for those who are not familiar with B Corp, it's basically a label which is given to for-profit companies that have. Um, uh, uh, purpose of looking at all stakeholders, not only shareholders, at, as the end beneficiaries of their activities. So it's looking at the environment, it's your local community, it's your employees, it is uh, the environment, and it is also the shareholders. And it's even written in the articles of associations of the company. So in our articles, we have written that we are serving shareholders, but not only shareholders, and that it is our fiduciary duty, fiduciary duty right, to uh, look at all the stakeholders. So we plan on becoming a B Corp ourselves as Sakana, but also to support all our portfolio founders to also apply for the B Corp label so that we can not only be a B Corp, but also house of B Corps, which is one of the epitomes of what it means to be a ESG compliant company. That is very interesting, I guess, to both of us, especially because we've studied law, but to me personally, because I actually did my final year dissertation on articles of association and directors duties in relation to you know serving stakeholders as opposed to just shareholders so um, this you know reminds me of a lot of work that i did a couple of months ago 
And I guess just, you know, with that, with considering that aspect, um, what is, you know, what's the, what's the geography that you mainly work in, in terms of where do, where the entrepreneurs are based? Because I presume, you know, the way that then you help them structure their company, if it's not structured already, very much depends on their, you know, jurisdiction. Yeah, very much so. So I'll start by saying that we've been bullish on remote work for a long time, way before the pandemic. And I must say that um, it has validated the model and made things easier in a way, because now obviously it became the new normal. And so we don't get challenged anymore in the fact that we're fully remote and distributed, which I realized would have been the case without the pandemic. Uh, so we very much believe in remote work and its ability to build companies uh, remotely from wherever we want, from wherever everyone is happy, and also to enable us to have a broader uh, talent pool in terms of both uh, the, the people we work with at the studio level as well as the portfolio level. So geography becomes less relevant. Doesn't mean that it's not relevant anymore at all. Like for example, we are very obviously not in a position to build a company say in China, for example, or in markets that are really, really far removed. But if it's a company say in Germany or in France or in Spain or in Kenya or in South Africa, for example, it is something that we are able to do as long as we have networks and knowledge in the local markets and with our team, which is globally distributed and our network of partners and our experience within the team, we're able to build companies in uh, quite a high number of jurisdictions, I would say. And um, so as a venture studio, it's also something which is very uh, new. We're crafting our own path. Uh, so we have built a first company in Kenya and we're looking to launch a second company in Europe to prove that we can be relevant in different markets and that as long as we fit the right criteria and we have the right kind of case to build a company, then we're able to do it in uh, quite different markets. So obviously your business is focused around sustainability, um, but how important would you say sustainability is to your personal business model? So sustainability is everything. So uh, we very much believe that business should be used as a force for good and for uh, contributing to enabling us human beings and nature to continue thriving together. Um, so going from a, an extractive economy to a regenerative economy and to really um, enabling uh, everyone to thrive on this planet. Because if we continue doing business as usual, then we're uh, not going to be in a good position. Uh, I think nature in the long term, we will have damaged it, but it will survive and regenerate, but less sure about us human beings. So it's really, really central to what we're doing. And I would say, so you asked about how central it is to our business model. Beyond that, I will also say that there, there might have been a dichotomy in the past between doing good and doing well. Then a couple of companies have shown that it's possible to do both at the same time. And I think we just entered into a decade where it's actually going to be correlated in most cases whereby the companies that do well financially in the long run are the ones that uh, have the most positive impact, especially when it comes to, to climate in particular, uh, especially in the uh, current context where governments and companies are doing net zero pledges and really striving to decarbonize their economies or their operations. 
as well as talent wanting to work more and more for purposeful companies so um, and consumers becoming also more demanding towards companies so i think everything points to this so yeah very much part of our business model and part of our ethos and core identity yeah definitely i mean it definitely is a future like you say consumers are becoming more aware and and more demanding and i think that's also happening as um like throughout the generations like younger people are much more interested in sustainability i would say than some of the older generations so i think as children start to you know become adults it's this trend is going to keep going and growing and it's only it literally is the future and I guess because you did say that your business is rather new, so it would be quite interesting to hear about your future goals and ambitions and, you know, where do you see yourself perhaps in five years time? Sure. So um, our current focus is to keep on doing our proof of concept by um, having launched and successfully fundraised for our first portfolio startup. We're looking to launch a second startup during the course of uh, this second half of the year. So really looking at a couple of uh, founders and interacting with lots of uh, interesting founders at the moment to decide on which one we're going to work with. Uh, we're also fundraising, so we're raising a fund at the moment, which will enable us to not only support entrepreneurs operationally and strategically, but also financially. Our goal is to invest half a million euros into each company that we work with in pre-seed and then keep an allocation to also invest in their seed round. And uh, so we're currently uh, very busy heads down fundraising, and that will enable us to uh, launch four to five companies per year. That's our goal. Um, so over the next five years, that will mean about 20 to 25 companies that will launch. Uh, so in terms of climate impact, hopefully by the end of the decade, we will be in the scale of millions, if not hundreds of millions of tons of CO2 reduced or removed, and hopefully that is the North Star metric. And um, yeah, so that's what we're uh, hoping to do. Then obviously there might be uh, fund two, fund three, etc. but that's later down the line. <laughs> And in the moment, at the moment, very focused on, on making this whole platform work and crafting our own path because this has not been done before. Obviously, we're leaning on a lot of models that exist, but all of this together, um, we're really inventing a new model. So yet to be proven, but um, we're on a very exciting journey and hopefully on the path to proving that uh, uh, this wild dream is uh, coming to reality and hopefully have a very positive impact in the world and to also inspire many others to do the same thing. Yeah, it definitely is exciting. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast. It's been a pleasure to have you and to hear about your business, um, your aims, your goals. Thank you so much for having me.